0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's an old saying it's always darkest just before the day dawneth. Now, that may or may not be true, but it's certainly true that long periods of darkness can be rather depressing. And so it was for ancient Israel some 2,000 years ago. Just when it seemed the darkest, when the promises of God seemed dead and buried, a daughter of Adam, of Abraham, of Jesse, of David, brought forth a son. This son grew and became a man among us. Not a mighty king like David, not in the palaces of the rich and the powerful, but as one who came from a poor family, living in the backwater village of Nazareth. We find on the Jesse tree a scallop shell, which was an ancient symbol of holy baptism. It reminds us not only of our own baptism, but also of the one whose baptism sanctifies our own. John the Baptist was the final prophet, proclaiming that the kingdom of God was about to dawn. And then the kingdom arrived in the person of Jesus. As Jesus was baptized by his cousin John, the spirit descended on him in the form of a dove, and the voice proclaimed him to be not only the son of Mary, but the Son of God as well. Here at last was the seed of of Jesse's tree. Here at last was the root of Jesse's tree. Here at last was life, a life that would overcome sin and death and banish them forever. But as you know, the fallen world we live in failed to see him for who he was. As John the Evangelist tells us, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. For Israel at that time, their present circumstance was a grim reminder of a much more glorious past. They remembered the days of David and Solomon when they were a mighty nation united and powerful and highly respected. But that was then. Now they were under the thumb of a foreign power, the Roman Empire. What they did not see and could not see, who this Jesus Jesus really was as he comes to the Jordan to be baptized. He didn't look like anyone special. He was just an ordinary man by outward appearance. In fact, he was less esteemed than most simply because he came from what was then considered a small, insignificant village, a place called Nazareth, a podunk if there ever was one. When Jesus called Philip to follow him and Philip went to tell Nathanael about Jesus, Nathanael's response sums up the social status of the man we know as Jesus of Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth, he said with skepticism. Yet, here he was, the seed and the root of Jesse's tree. At any rate, John had been chosen by God to prepare the way for the promised Messiah. As Mark's gospel tells us, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He performed these baptisms in the River Jordan, a life-giving river, since its waters irrigated the land and also quenched the thirst of many. Then one day it happens, Jesus comes to the Jordan to be baptized by John, who sees him, recognizes him, and states that he, John, should be baptized by Jesus and not the other way around. Yet Jesus had come to fulfill all righteousness, which means that in submitting to John's baptism, Jesus is identifying himself with sinners, taking the place of sinners and beginning his ministry to redeem sinners through his life, death, and resurrection. Jesus' baptism at the Jordan is connected to our baptisms today. And the relationship is one of opposites. Consider the field of photography. Many, many years ago, when I was growing up, long before people began taking pictures with their cell phones, there were cameras that needed film. Remember that? Back in those days, you needed a negative of some sort to take a positive photograph. A negative would look just the opposite of the positive print. But once you had the negative, you could make any number of prints, millions if you wanted to. But you had to have the negative first. Back then, you wouldn't get too far in a photo lab without one. Christ's baptism is the negative. It's the opposite of ours. I say that because he was baptized in order to put into baptism what we get out of it. His baptism is input, ours is output. He put in what we get out. When Jesus was baptized, we shouldn't imagine that he received a blessing. I mean, how could the Son of God receive a blessing from ordinary river water? It was the water which was blessed in Jesus' baptism. And now we receive the blessings. What are the blessings of baptism? Well, Martin Luther said it better than I could. Luther writes, It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. There at the Jordan, the truth of who Jesus was would be revealed no matter how ordinary he looked from a human perspective. For Matthew tells us, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." Without a doubt, 2020 has been a tumultuous year with the coronavirus and riots and civil unrest in many, many cities throughout the nation and a hotly contested election. Not surprisingly, we hope and pray for a better year. Sometimes we dream of a better less stressful world that we imagine once existed for past generations. But the fact of the matter is that the golden eras of the past were not nearly as golden as we think. People then as now struggled for meaning and hope. Society has always wrestled with a host of problems, many of them quite familiar. things such as poverty racism various diseases even pandemics and since the day of Pentecost the church has struggled to find her voice and identity in the midst of an unbelieving world as the old adage puts it the more things change the more things stay the same yet Just as ancient Israel had the Jordan River in its midst, so the church has her source of life-giving water. For no matter how dark and dreary the days may be, we have the baptismal font, which contains the water and the word of that holy sacrament. As we pray in the rite of holy baptism, Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. Ordinary water is applied through the all too human hands of a called and ordained servant of the word at the command of the one who himself was baptized at the Jordan. But just as the glory of Jesus was cloaked in human flesh, so the glory of baptism is cloaked in ordinary water. Here is the unseen but eternal truth of your baptism expressed by the Apostle Paul in that portion of his letter to the Romans, which was read earlier. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In in other words, in our baptisms, we are connected to Christ's death and resurrection. Here is life, true life, arising from water sanctified by the life of Jesse's tree the life of the world, that life that came to bring life and salvation to sinners like us. The world has long awaited its redemption. Despite the reality of darkness and sin that began at the time of the fall, a promise was made by God, a promise of redemption and life in the midst of death. As As generations went by, The promise of redemption was never rescinded. The promised seed was carried on by the patriarchs, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, through Jesse and David, and all the way down to Mary, their descendant. And in Jesus, both son of Mary and son of God, the Redeemer came into this world of darkness. For what purpose? to bring life and salvation to all who believed in him and his promises by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the risen Savior says to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Make no mistake jesus is the author of life and since jesus lives we shall live also it is a life that comes from the creator it is a life that nourishes the children of god as the word is proclaimed it is the life that comes to every altar in every place as the church gathers to celebrate the eucharistic feast with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven it is the life that has already defeated our greatest enemy, death itself. Since Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, our own baptism is a sure and certain thing because of its connection with Jesus' death and resurrection. What does Paul say in Romans? For if we have been united with him in, de- in a death like his... We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. To Jesse's tree came the life of the world. And now that life comes to you and me as well. Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen.